really on the plug, really on the plug. And we are back. That's right, back again for another edition of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And coming through you to your speakers right now, it's your boy Faraz in the building. And I got with me the famous, the well-known from the Hoop Plug co-CEO, my brother, my partner in crime, stir fry to the top. Tyler, how you feeling today, my brother? Oh, I'm feeling good. We're on that Super Monday for the NBA. 15 games, all free on the NBA app. And we hey. got a lot to discuss on the podcast. Westbrook, sixth man of the year. Are the Lakers too top-heavy? Jazz still winning. Clippers, only 5-5 five and five through their first 10 games and more. So keep it locked. It's the plug. For us, how you feeling, my brother? I'm feeling good, my brother. Feeling frisky, enjoying this nice, rare, cool weather. In the Virgin Islands right now, you know what I'm saying? Cannot complain, cannot complain. How you feeling, my brother? How's everything with you? All oh, things are good. It's not cool up here, bro. We just had 75 again. I was out there playing oh, ball shit. outdoors. It's kind of crazy. This is unheard of stuff for November. For November, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. I saw I saw this meme. It was like a, a kid talking. It was like in quotations. The kid is like, when I grew up and the parents stops him, it's like, yo, it's 75 in November. Don't get too far ahead or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's real in the field, bro. I, I feel yeah. that. Global warming yeah. coming for our heads. Really real in the field. Really real in the league. You know what I'm saying? You guys already know where we're at, man. It's the Brooklyn Nets. And they're really, they've really found themselves in a very tough predicament. You know, head coachless. Kyrie Irving has been, you know, receiving some of the most scrutiny uh, we've ever seen before, um, suspended from the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, this team is in a whole different situation altogether, you know? Yeah, and we originally jumped on to talk about the Nash firing, but since then, Kyrie Irving has really thrown a wrench in things, so we thought it best to jump on and address it. NBA league officials reportedly pushed Josiah to be more punitive on Kyrie Irving. I think that manifested itself in the six-step plan for Kyrie to return to game <laughs> action that includes a public statement recognizing the film as anti-Semitic, an apology for supporting the film and the falsehoods within it, training sessions on the danger of hence hate speech, and meetings with the Jewish leaders down there in Brooklyn. So, wow. I think Kyrie is starting to see the consequences of his actions. I mean, Nike's pulling ties. I got a five-game suspension, plus, possibly. So... All this is just complicating the decision Brooklyn has on what it's going to do to move forward. Yeah, it's crazy how we've always compared these two guys before Kanye Irving. I mean, uh, Kanye West <laughs> and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. That was actually shots out to episode we did the early hoop plug days called Kanye Irving. Um, Interesting. They find themselves in similar fates right now. Uh, my whole thing is this. At the end of the day, when you're preaching anything other than love, that's where I'm going to have to step off board and i uh, can't agree with you you know what i mean i think you have the consequences to your action he's a super stubborn ultimate gemini like the guy is not going to apologize for the <laughs> sake of not apologizing i don't think because he really believes in those things i don't know not to get into too much of the politics at the end of the day man that that's not right to be you know spreading hate especially when you have a platform right and um you see the consequences of those not just for kyrie irving on the on the basketball floor right but i mean when people with a platform like that, you know, um, put out these kind of images or messages, you know, and to him, he's saying, oh, I'm just sharing a movie, but you guys, everyone's got to understand what the movie's talking about and everything like that. And some of the things it talks about when it references, you know, Jewish people and that kind of thing. So 
immediately in the aftermath of that, you see, you know, Jewish attacks increasing and that kind of thing. So it's like, like I said before, once you start, you know, spreading anything other than love, I'm going to have to jump off board. You know what I mean? Well said. Well said. And we're not here to talk your heads off about the Kai situation. I'm sure you're all tired of hearing about it just like we are. Um, but like I said, it felt like we had to address it. Now we're talking about what the Nets need to do moving forward. So keep it locked for the rest of this exclusive. Steve Nash is gone. Where do they go from here? There's rumors they're already looking for trades for some of their top guys. I think Ben Simmons is the most likely candidate because that's been a shaky fit at best. But Man, this is going to be the team for the most part until they decide to make some serious changes. So let's shift a little bit to the future. Emei Udoka appears to be on the fast track to return to Brooklyn as that full-time head coach. And uh, as many problems as that brings, the PR hit the Nets would take. That seems like the likely scenario. He might be manning the clipboard by the time this episode even comes out. There is an option for them, right? That doesn't include Emei, maybe. That doesn't include just capitulating and giving KD and Kyrie what they want like they've done for the last three years. And that's for them to blow it all up. The Nets have a pick swap this year with Houston, meaning if the Nets were to tank for the rest of this season, the worst pick they'd end up with is Houston's first round selection. And that benefit to tank doesn't exist past this year because in 2024, they owe Houston their first round pick outright. So if the Nets put their rebuild off until next season when Kyrie is almost certainly leaving through free agency, when KD likely revisits his trade request, they could go 0-82, win the draft lottery, and they wouldn't <laughs> benefit a single dime from it. Yeah. So I don't see this team even taking the chance of tanking. Hello, M.A. That's their last shot. M.A. Udoka. Because if there's a guy, if you wanted to pick the head coach that could possibly make this team that hasn't functioned at a high clip since its inception, work. <laughs> It's going to be the guy that was in that bench, in that locker room, did coach Ben Simmons previously, is defensive-minded, led his team in his first year as the helm to NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And we all know um, Brooklyn not to be the most ethical franchise. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's okay what MA did, but obviously the Brooklyn Nets, the, ru the rumors, the whispers are loud enough where you think it's a reality. So, I mean, they obviously don't care enough. So... I mean, with all that being said, personal life aside, in terms of what he does and what he brings to a basketball team, I mean, Emma Yudoka is exactly that guy that you just described. So I think the Brooklyn Nets will be onto something here. They're 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 running out of options, you know, and they got to do something quick. I mean, they're gonna lose KD. They're, they're gonna lose Kyrie soon for sure. They lose Kyrie. KD's gone. I mean, ben, you're stuck with Ben Simmons, and Lord knows where that gets you. And you, like you mentioned, you got the trade swaps, traded away all your future pieces. So the Brooklyn Nets situation right now is dire. It is DEFCON 5. <laughs> and they're desperate, man, because Sean Marks came maybe seven years ago and really did the Lord's work digging them out of the hole that that Boston Celtics first trade left them in. They had no picks in the near future, and he got them back. He got a young, vibrant group. He tore that up for the chance to go all in, get KD, get Kyrie. And it was the right move. I'm not going to be the one that argues that. Yeah. But now the situation they're in, this is make it or break it time. How they proceed over the next six months will affect their next 10 years. Because if they botch this, no superstar is going to sign with Brooklyn for the next 10 to 15 years. And that's just a matter of the fact. 
if you can't make it work with KD, if you pissed them off to this extent and just pie on your face looking like you have no clue what to do, why would anyone else want to play for you guys? 100%, man, 100%. And you've seen that, you know, with the New York Knicks, all due respect, just because you're in New York, it doesn't mean you're a hot destination for free agents. At the end of the day, it's got to be a little more than just that, right? I mean, Miami's got Coach Spolstra. Lakers are the Lakers. I mean, LeBron's there. In all these other big cities, it's not just the weather. It's not just the location. There's these other highlights, right? And so if Brooklyn doesn't get things together, they're going to be bad for a very long time. Yeah, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. KDs don't come around too often there, right? Like, once-in-a-generation talent they have. And for all their flaws, you put this roster 1-10 through 10 on paper, they're still a damn good team. So maybe, just maybe, M.A. Doko can reel this all in, throw his special ingredients on it, and make this team work. But, like I said, man, it's now or never. The clock is ticking. What will the Brooklyn Nets do? Oh, man. Oh, man, it is happy days in Los Angeles. I mean, not for the most part, but it's happy days for one person, one star, one guy everybody thought was all washed up. Mm. We're talking about none other than everybody's favorite triple-double, Russell Westbrook. And, man, after being moved to the six-man position, Russell Westbrook is making his his move, his season for six-man of the year. Looking to add that to the Hall of Fame NBA 75 all-time, Risume. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so touching, so moving. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench brought his head coach to tears in a press conference. I had never seen that. Not a championship. <laughs> Not even a playoff game, just a regular season game. He embraced coming off the bench and moved me so much. That was a little crazy. <laughs> Bro, I could shed a tear right now. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, man. Two years. Well, okay, it was really one year, right? Because he was still getting some love in Washington, but a whole year and change. And all this Russell Westbrook slander, man. Hey, I'm glad to see he's back in a in a positive light. You know what I mean? Thanks. We know what Thanks. Russell Westbrook could do. And at the end of the day, man, taking him off the floor with LeBron and AD, or at least not to say limiting his minutes, because they're still getting the minutes in there in, in chunks and bunches, you know? But Having the opportunity to really be Russell Westbrook, having half of his playing time where he's the guy on the floor, he's just pushing the envelope, he's finding people, he's he's getting to the cup, he's shooting threes, making threes, right? Because his efficiency is what's really been surprising everybody, and rebounding the rock. And one thing I've always said about Russell Westbrook, you know what you're getting with Russell Westbrook. That's high intensity, giving his all, 100% of the time. We finally see that starting to work out in Russell's favor, man. I'm here for it. Facts. And Darvin Ham called it a realignment, not a resignation when he originally sought after doing this. And as much as we clowned him, I think it's right because you mentioned it. The minutes are the same and the production is through the roof. It's because of the construction of this roster. They are a top heavy bunch down in L.A., right? You got LeBron, you got A.D., and then it's really questionable after. And yeah. if you had LeBron, A.D., and Russ in that starting lineup, you weren't really getting a good version of Russ because he was diminished and his effect trying to defer to two of these guys. Now you get him in a rhythm because he's on the bench and he's playing for the first five, six minutes, taking every shot. The ball is in his hands. He's a <laughs> rhythm guy more or so than most of this league. When Russ is yeah. feeling good, he's smiling. He's rocking a baby. That's the best version <laughs> you're going to get. 
And you don't get it when he's trying to share and be passive next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, or trying to shove him in the corner. They tried that. That didn't work. Mm. You know, they tried They tried having him coming off screens, man. They just tried everything. At the end of the day, man, I think Darvin Ham, you know, he was in his basement late night mixing up some chemical concoctions. And he said, I'm going to add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Playbook, look at that. Boom. And I think it was a great decision. And he said, right, in, in a, conver- a private conversation that he had with Russell Westbrook, he said, bro, listen to me and I'm going to get you a chip. You know, listen to me. And, you know, hearing that after the first great game coming off the bench, you know, it brought a lot of people, made them emotional to say the least. Maybe not not to tears, and but, you know. Lakers fans getting emotional too. No longer are they yeah. booing Russ. He's getting MVP chance. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> MVP chance while the rest of the team is going two and seven because, you know, Russell Westbrook ain't going two and seven right now. You know what I'm saying? He's at least 50%, something like that, you know. Uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. But no, nah, honestly, he has really been the one bright spot of this year's season. Besides, uh, what's his name? Matty Ice hitting a three-point game winner. Sounds Matt know? Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan, you know, uh, not of the Atlanta Falcons, you know, so just had to clarify that real quick. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, it's good to see. Good to see for sure. All right, speaking of another heartwarming story, us overachieving team, Utah Jazz. Still winning. They're still doing it. I don't know if y'all been checking in on Utah. Clippers were the latest victims. They are now 8-3. and three. And it's because of a couple factors we need to cover. Because, damn it, the Jazz deserve their respect. Jordan Clarkson is number one, man. He has changed his game in a new role. He is no longer that six-man, that microwave scorer coming off the bench. My man is a certified bucket and veteran. Yes, veteran leader. Now, he's inspiring you. I mean, not inspiring me. Ask a Jazz fan. (laughs) He's been a leader for these young group, right? You have all these young, talented miscasts, and uh, you need some veteran leadership to to bring that all together. So Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, they're helping out there. Laurie Markkinen, he averaged 19 points in year two in the NBA. He's always had promise. Colin Sexton falls into this category. He feels like they have three, four of these guys. Super talented but the role didn't support their skill set. Now, that is not the case in Utah. They're free to go buck wild in their 30 minutes a game, and they're showing what they're capable of. No doubt about it. Uh, that performance has gotten the Jazz the second best West, uh, record in the Western Conference. I mean, this is not a place where we expected to see them anytime soon after the, the trades of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, you know? And Donovan Mitchell is... Ha- He's he's not missing Utah at all, but that's a side note. I mean, this Utah da- this Utah Jazz team has been looking consistent. I mean, I don't want to say scary because you don't you don't pull up to Salt Lake City and you're like ah worried about playing the Jazz right. But so far, I mean, they've they've come out better than ninety five percent of the NBA right now. And I look at this team right as they keep winning. I keep thinking, have we seen this before? Is this just a a hot start for a bad team that's going to fizzle out? Or can this team actually be one of those non-superstar-led regular season winners? And I kind of tried to think back, who's another team that's done this? And I got it. 2014-2015 Atlanta Hawks. Similar to this year's Jazz, they had their superstar leave the free agency before the season when they overachieved. Back in that Atlanta days, it was Jay Smooth, Josh Smith. That was was a bucket catching bodies. he He was a little bit of boogie. Um, but he left, and then that 14-15 squad went crazy. I'm talking about Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague. They all averaged 15, and you had peak Kyle Korver. I don't know if y'all remember, but I my do. boy shot 
49% from three that season on six attempts per game. So that's not like he's just standing in the corner getting one or two up. My boy was doing that on volume. That's insane. He was basically every other one is going in, like, you know? Yeah. So I look at that squad and I'm like, all right, first in the East, they did that and just surprised people for a month, then two months, then three months. That's what this Utah Jazz team might end up as. I know Gobert is not holding down the paint. I know Donovan Mitchell isn't going for 25 a night, but they still play Utah Jazz basketball. They defend at a high level. They shoot at a high clip, and they move the basketball. This team is good. There's no way around it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, all these guys are in the league for a reason, and it shows. I mean, they still have respectable players on the roster, so it's not like it's a bunch of, like, role – I mean, say role players to a certain extent. But at the same time, again – these guys were all the best on their high school team and the best on their college team, right? There's no doubt about it. So these guys are now finally getting a chance to showcase why they belong here, right? And why any given night, it doesn't matter. Once you throw that ball up at tip-off, it's anybody's game, right? So shouts out to the Utah Jazz, man. They're really surprising people. Let's see how much they can keep it up. And this is the thing, right? So great comparison in the Atlanta Hawks, by the way. I really, really love that. My thing is this, look at what happened to the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs that year and look at what happened to the Utah Jazz. I wouldn't be surprised if they followed that same path. Like, imagine, like, seriously, they're a good regular season team so far. in the West right now. You know what I mean? And again, that's only on a technicality. That's just because of games played. They're 8-3. and The Suns are 7-2, and right? So um, that's on on a technicality if you ask me. But with all that being said, though, um, yeah, the Utah Jazz have surprised everybody. More than likely expect this team to, if they are able to keep this up, flame out come playoff time. But you really never know. So far, so good. So far, so good, man. Keep rolling, Utah. Keep rolling. (laughs) All right. We're headed to La La Land. This time for the Clippers, who suffered their fifth loss through 10 games. And for a team, me and Faraz thought very fondly of preseason, they haven't exactly lived up to the bill because this Clipper team, is last in points per game. This Clipper team is last in offensive efficiency. And that's despite PG-13 looking like Paul George, like (laughs) playoff P. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but 28 points in each of the last four contests. I mean, he's balling. It's not his fault. Yes, Kawhi has missed time, but this was a team that was supposed to be the deepest in the league. You would have thought you could survive a couple games without Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think playoff Pete has become a good thing after he redeemed himself the last set of playoffs. So shouts out playoff Pete, non-sarcastically, you know. Um, with that being said, though, right, don't sleep on the Clippers still. I don't want anybody <laughs> at me like, oh, the hoop plug said. Nah, don't at me, son. Kawhi's out. You know, this team hasn't really had a chance to find its group quite yet. I mean, it's only 10 games into the season. Did we all expect more? We did, but this is a, this is a tough, deep, Western Conference without your number one guy. I mean, it's tough. And we thought Kawhi was going to come in indestructible this year with them Saquon calves and everything like that. So, um, guess guess he is human. But Kawhi Leonard is the only part-time NBA player in the history of the league. That is for sure after this season. Speaking of the man and the myth, the legend, he was just downgraded to out indefinitely. And I know they were managing that right knee. It looks like that's taking a step back, even though they're not using that words. There were no setbacks. We always knew this was going to be an up-and-down process. That's the words of Tyron Lue. But he's only played in two games all of the season. Last game being October 23rd. 
So as much as depth is cool and we like talking about it, NBA teams are defined by their upper end talent. And without Kawhi, there ain't too much of it in Los Angeles, especially for the Clippers. So, I mean, obviously they're going to need Kawhi to get back healthy. That knee is starting to scare me because it appears to be a degenerative issue, right? Like, like you said, part-time player. It's been like that since San Antonio and there really haven't been many exceptions. So, uh, except for the 2019 playoffs. Really and truly, yeah. and I, I believe he was fighting through injury at that time, right? He was definitely fighting through it. He only played like 50 games in the regular season, so it's not like he was a spring chicken anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 interesting, man, but I'm not worried yet. I'm, I'm definitely not worried yet. This is a team with a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I just think they need time. Time to get healthy, time to gel and define that pecking order because after Paul George and his 20-something points per game, their second option and second leading scorer is, is Marcus Morris. And on a team with all these big names on it, that just sounds like mismanagement that he's getting all those shots. So so whether that means John Wall just needs a couple more weeks to really feel like himself, Reggie Jackson finds it again, he's been struggling, or someone else steps up, I, I think, again, once they get time to gel, even if Kawhi isn't back, you'll start to see them hit a stride. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. We know that uh, Marcus Morris is – he's he's going to speak up. You know how they say closed mouths don't get fed? So he's oh, yeah. going to make sure he gets his. There's no <laughs> way about that. You know, he knows when Kawhi's back, he's going to be reverted to third, maybe even fourth, maybe even fifth down in the scoring option. So he's trying to get his stats up while he can. And I, I blame the other guys for not being as assertive. You know what I mean? Um, say all that to say this, Mr. Roboto, Kawhi Leonard, has showed us that he is human being after all with all these injuries. We just, you know – Wish him speedy recovery, and hopefully he can get some actual games in this time, you know, because this team really needs him. This Clippers team is a championship contender with him, and unfortunately, without him, it doesn't seem like that's the same case so far. So still, don't sleep on the Clippers. Do not at me, you know. Uh, well, at me if you'd like, but not about the Clippers. You feel what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. Word. Uh, someone that deserves a shout-out, an at or two, is Donovan Mitchell. My man's been balling, but... It was really Kevin Love that attracted my attention a week or and a half ago. He had some great game in Cleveland. And I'm just like, damn, how long has Kevin Love been in Cleveland? A long time. I That's know the he old- won the chip. But I, I started to wonder, are the Cavs going to retire K-Love's jersey? <laughs> like, think about it. Are, is Braun going to be the only inductee from that 2016 championship team that pulled off one of the greatest comebacks in NBA history? It has to be someone else, right? Does K-Love get the nod? I'm willing to bet, besides Caleb, maybe Chetty Osman is are the only <laughs> exactly are the only two players left from that championship team. So Kevin Love, he's a ride or die, die hard Cleveland guy. So far, he's shown it. I mean, listen, this is the only guy who's could could have fell in love with a place like Minneapolis, Minnesota. Seems like he's in love with the Cleve, you know, or should I say the land, you know? The so, <laughs> with that being said, um. Kevin Love was a part of that championship team. He was not putting anything near the numbers that he was putting up in Minnesota. I mean, I honestly, without disrespecting the guy, I think based on even the minimal time that he had in Minnesota, he did more in Minnesota to get his jersey retired over there than he did in Cleveland. However, I think, you know. I mean, I'm just looking at it like this was one of the greatest comebacks in NBA history. Cavs don't necessarily have too many of these finals things. They have to to show a lot of love. K-Love is wearing Cleveland on his chest, nice and proud. Again, like not too many others have. It all has to factor in. I think 
I think they give it to him. Um, not to say it's token. I mean, he is a hooper. He is a multiple-time all-star, right? Um, does the guy go down as a Hall of Famer? Probably not. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. His his good seasons were Hall of Fame-esque. He just only had like three of them, four of them, you know? Maybe I yeah. want to make sure so I'm giving I'm going to give you the case. You, you, you rebuttal against me. I'm going to give you the case for K-Love, why they need to retire his jersey. Okay, okay. I'm looking at Elgalskis. He made it in. He got his jersey retired. It's in the Raptors. Oh. He should be he should be sending a check to LeBron every every month for that. Yeah. That was off a of longevity. 12 years as a Cav. He averaged 13 points. Him and K-Love both have exactly two all-star appearances in You Cavs didn't tell colors. me all that. You didn't tell me all that. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me case. Big Z. You can change okay, your okay. opinion. Yeah, Big Z got okay. it. Big Z got okay, it. Okay, okay. So yeah, K-Love <laughs> is on year nine. He's averaging 17 points during his time in Cleveland with the ring. Elgaskis didn't have one. I think I think that gets him in. I think that's enough. You know, I guess I'm just really remembering his recent seasons and his really bad moments he on that LeBron team. One year, yeah. I didn't know I was, he was averaging 17. Yeah, yeah. Just one year, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But this is the thing. Um, you know, Kevin Love came to Cleveland, got injured, wasn't quite the same ever since. But it's not like anything really happened to Kevin Love. I mean, right now he's not super old. You know. Um, you, I agree, you, and he could be doing more. I think that also plays into it, his selflessness. All right, he was there when he was in his prime, when he was an all-star, when he was playing in the finals, and then he gets hurt. He had a year where he gets to be the guy, and then he gets selfless. He sees Garland take over. He sees Allen emerge. Fair. He sees Mobley come in, and he defers to those guys. He comes off the bench, and he does it with a smile. I think that I think that means a lot to a, to a fan base that gets portrayed, or not portrayed, but betrayed, by their biggest stars. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think you make a wonderful point. I mean, I, I had said, by the way, I think they give it to him, but it was more of a token thing. But, I mean, now that I'm hearing Big Z, Big Z, I don't think I average more than 19 points a game with them. So um, I'm, I would have to give it to Caleb, man, not to fold back on my opinion. But <laughs> All right, so now I got to ask the harder question. Uh-oh. Does Kyrie get in? I mean, yeah. Four-time All-Star as a Cav, 20 points yeah. per game, hit the biggest shot in franchise history. Yeah. The yeah. biggest nope. shot in franchise. They call it the shot, my boy. They don't <laughs> say the step back in the finals. They call it the, the shot. shot. Yep, yep. No, no, that, that one's easy. That one's easy. That's a gimme. You know what I so mean? So you think um, they do? Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, there's a lot of animosity there. Oh, yeah. But at, but at the end of the day, I mean, there was a lot of animosity with LeBron. I mean, Dan Gilbert left a, a letter on the website for like three and a half years, basically shitting on LeBron. Like LeBron had nothing to do with the team anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it was bad. Um, but I think time heals all. And I think at the end of the day, Dan Gilbert looks at his championship trophy every single day and thinks about what if Kyrie had stayed. Question. Yeah. Do you consider the way Kyrie left as bad or worse than the decision? No, the decision is the worst of all time because Kyrie Irving is not LeBron James. And no one in the history of <laughs> history has ever sat down and said, yeah, this is like he's going on like he's picking his college. Like LeBron is vexed. He didn't get to pick a college. So he's having his press release. He's like, yes, finally get to sit down. He pulled out the Miami hat and all. Oh, come on, dog. Think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And if Cavs you know, fans agree with you, then I think Kyrie gets in. I, think yeah, I didn't see I didn't see too many burned Kyrie Irving jerseys after he left, but there was a whole ton of burned LeBron jerseys in Cleveland after that. 
And I think part of it is because at least the, the narrative around it was I'm leaving as Kyrie because of Braun, not because of Cleveland, <laughs> not because of Cleveland fans. I'm leaving because of that dude, the one y'all hated three months ago. <laughs> facts, facts. Yeah. So, um, no, I think I think he gets it. I think he gets it for sure. I think he gets All it right. for sure. From former Cavs to current. Donovan Mitchell is an MVP candidate, nothing less at this moment. Cavs are 8-1, and one and Donovan Mitchell is the reason why. Man, I was watching the last game. I thought he was going for 60 after the first quarter. He put 15 on the Lakers' heads. Bro is a bucket. Bro is a bully in a 6-3 frame. And if Luka wasn't going bananas averaging 36 points this year, <laughs> I think if it ended today, Donovan Mitchell would be your MVP. Yeah, I mean, right now I think in terms of performance – Luca's the clear cut winner, but I don't think this is sustainable. Like you said, he's averaging 36 and change, nine and change, eight and change, damn near Dumb. triple double, super fat, super chubby. Doesn't get any crazier than that. But I think Donovan Mitchell right now is the leading candidate. You throw in his fantastic otherworldly play, and you throw in the Cleveland Cavaliers record. Um, you mentioned it without him, this is not the same Cleveland team. And I thought, okay, he comes. They're second or third, maybe. No, not even. I thought he was like third or fourth in the East, maybe. I think it's competitive enough between, you know, the Bucks, Brooklyn, who's obviously shocked us all, and the Celtics, right? But sell that to say this. This team has been looking like the team to beat besides Milwaukee in the East this year. Like, they have been looking scary. They get consistent scoring from multiple people. And Donovan Mitchell, man, he's ready. He's ready. I think... For him, this is a similar environment. I think Salt Lake City and Cleveland are as close to cities as you can get opposed to the elevate as a uh, other than the elevation aspect of things. And let's not sleep on Darius, you know what I'm saying? Jarrett, the rest of the guys, like these guys have been putting up some consistent play. They look like honestly, if if Giannis wasn't going dumb, like if, if that broke that buck squad wasn't going crazy right now, I'd say they're the team to beat right now. Yeah, they've for sure, emerged as one of the top three teams in the East. They replaced Philadelphia in that mix, in my opinion. And the defense looks immaculate. You just gave shouts where they deserved. Darius Garland's back in fold, coming off a little injury he had. And that backcourt looks dynamic in the best possible way. It looks as good as you could have envisioned in the offseason when you heard this trade was going to happen. And good for Cleveland, man. They got the best version of Donovan Mitchell from Utah. That guy... That guy that was averaging 30 in, in, in playoff series, that guy is now, I mean, He's I want to call him the second best Cavalier already because it looks, that's how it looks right now. Yeah, it's early, like you said, but if he can keep this up, he's definitely the second best player the Cavaliers have ever had, and that's with Kyrie Irving there, right? Because Kyrie Irving was always going to be number two to LeBron's fiddle, right? So Donovan Mitchell's there. He's the man. You know, he has his experience, like you said, regular season and playoff experience and all-star. He's coming in to get this team to the finals. He's got a lot of hurdles to do it. Let's see what his journey is like this next season for him and the rest of this Cleveland Cavaliers team. But so far, big shouts out. Big shouts is right. We got to end it here, man, because Tom Thibodeau is a topic of discussion, at least for Knicks fans. Is he on the hot seat? I don't know, but they might be trying to start the fire. Because Knicks are struggling on defense. This is supposed to be your calling card, Tom. You can't get the defense right? What's going on? I'm seeing miscommunications left and right. Y'all can't even switch a pick and roll right now. It's looking crazy out there. And they can score. This bunch can score. Jalen Brunson's not even shooting well from three, but he's still averaging 19 points per game. Julius Randle is 
having a good game every other night, which is better. We'll take it. Free and, um, OB. <laughs> free OB Toppin. Free the guy, man. Free OB. That man is an absolute bucket. I don't understand why you draft a guy like that in the lottery to put him in the all the way in the back of the bench. Like, I mean, he's getting minutes, but that's the thing for the performance that he's putting up in the minutes that he's had so far. Doesn't make sense why he's not, you know, six man off the bench, like real talk. Yeah, yeah. Tips or at least close. don't make any sense. You're right, <laughs> you're right. And and part of it is Julius Randle is still here and it, it seems clear he needs to go. That first week kind of fooled us. He came out real strong. We thought the Jalen Brunson effect was just transforming him. He had an out-of-body experience over the summer, and he was a new guy. He was 2019 or 2020. I think that's right. It was it 2020 when he snapped? Yeah, 2020 Julius Randle. Yeah. No. Got him. Got our ass. <laughs> Halloween. Happy. Happy Halloween. Got your ass. <laughs> Got him. And I'll tell you what, though. In his last game against the Celtics, he played okay in a loss. Played but good. Yeah. On he, offense. Exactly. And that's part of it, right? That's all you're going to get from him. And I don't know. Like you mentioned, it's not all-star Julius Randle that we wanted to come out and see this year, right? So um, the thing is, though, all things considered, standing at four and five, the Knicks are happy to be in the Eastern Conference. I mean, eighth in the East. um, The Bulls, sixth in the East at five and six. I mean, it's the last seed with a losing record. Man, it could be worse. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, you know? Because you see the Brooklyn Nets, you see the Miami Heat, you see the 76ers, you see even the Wizards, right? These are teams that could all potentially push for some of those lower seeds in the East, four through eight. So me as a as a Bull fan, I was kind of sh- oddly surprised to see my team sitting at sixth. But at the same time, it's like, unless we start winning some games soon, these teams can catch up and catch up quick. Because, right, the Brooklyn Nets are only down a couple games. You guys are only up ahead of them on a, I think, head-to-head or something like that. Um, so not really sure. Yeah. And I think the issue with Tibbs isn't really about the record, right? Like, I think realistic Knicks fans had us about where we are. It's more about looking at the landscape of it all. We have a young team. The ceiling for this squad isn't the finals, nor is it the conference finals. It's probably, if everything is going right, and we get a little lucky, the second round. So if, if with that in mind, you can't find time for the guys that are showing promise under the age of 25. If it looks like you have a two class system where the guys that are over 25 get passes while everyone under it is getting held accountable for their smallest mistakes. If it looks like you have to be above and beyond better than the starters to earn minutes when you're the young lottery pick, (laughs) it's becoming an issue. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen this before. I mean, he buried Kevin Knox. He buried um, uh, for a long for a while. Emmanuel quickly. He buried. There's a bunch of guys. Um, I can't even. So many good guards came through. Um, ended up in the G League, and some of them are not even in the league right now because they just really didn't get a chance to develop early on. So I don't know. I like Tibbs on the Bulls, but I think it's because he came in at the right time. Where I don't know. He had Derrick Rose and the rest of the guys for the most part, besides Joe Keem. Good point. We're vets, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we'll see. Like I said, I don't think he's on the hot seat yet, but it definitely could get there, add some losing to it. There are going to be calls for that man's job pretty soon. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, at the end of the day, Tibbs gets love, Tibbs gets respect, but the man has consistently been losing for a while now. And, I mean, this was the year to get better. I think it's a bit early, like you mentioned, to call for his job just yet, but if he doesn't do something and do something quick, 
especially get these younger guys involved. It's going to be a long season for the Knicks, but maybe a short one for Tibbs. <laughs> well said, well said. We got to give a shout out to the greatest men's hair care, skin care product line in the game. That is EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Shouts out to y'all. That's right. My boy Ty said it best. EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Beard looking weak. Hairline looking not tight. You know what I'm saying? The best beard care, hair care, skin care. It just rolls off the tongue. You can find on the market. And don't forget to enter promo code hoop underscore plug. Another underscore? Yes, sir. Another underscore. You know what I'm saying? At checkout. Supporting them is supporting us and it's supporting yourself. Like I always like to say, don't ever play yourself. Word. That's going to do it. Another episode of the Hoop Plug in the Books for yes, us. Sir. And as always, put some flavor in your ear. Peace.